Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer, and this is going to be our final episode of Encouraging Words for the Remnant Believers. And I hope and pray that this will leave you with some strong encouragement for the days ahead as we await the return of our beautiful, wonderful Lord and Savior, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are so close to his return, but we have a job to do and work to finish. And may God encourage us and strengthen us along the way to be faithful to him. I pray that these messages have been a blessing to you and thank you for tuning in. I'd like to begin this message, this final message, in Philippians chapter 1, and I want to start in verse 27 and 28. In verse 27 and 28 of Philippians chapter 1, it says this, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. I want us to talk about this, and I want us to look at the word studies for some of these words so that we will understand more thoroughly what Paul is saying here and then we're going to carry this forward to end with the encouragement that I believe the Lord would have us to understand for these difficult days ahead. Paul is saying here that he wants us to have our conduct or our walk. That's what it means, to walk worthy, to live a lifestyle. That's what it's really talking about. In one particular version, it says, let your conversation be. That literally is talking about being a citizen or living as a citizen, conducting yourself as you are pledged to do so as a Christian, as a member of God's body, living as part of his family. To obey the Lord in your daily lifestyle is what Paul is talking about here treading all around, living a lifestyle of obedience, ordering your life and living in a manner, even among your habits and principles that are worthy, that are appropriate, suitable, and in a manner befitting or worthy of the good news of Jesus Christ. This speaks of how we live and act in this world among all those that we interact with, family, friends, fellow believers, the lost and the ungodly in the world. It speaks of all the time, whatever we're doing at work, play, home, church, recreation, wherever. Because Paul recognizes here that our lifestyle is what proves the truth about our life. Others will hear. People will watch. You can say all kinds of things, but what is God working in your life? What does your life day by day in and out say? There was an old phrase that, that said this, 
more is caught than taught. I'm going to repeat that. More is caught than taught. In other words, people are going to catch things from your life and your lifestyle that will prove to them whether your words are true or not. They're going to learn from your lifestyle. And I don't use this to condemn anybody, but only as an example. If you happen to smoke cigarettes and you're trying to teach your children not to smoke cigarettes, but they see you doing it all the time, most likely, unless the Lord intervenes and frees them and delivers them and protects them from that, many times they're going to follow your example, no matter what you say to them. So what will an onlooker catch from our lives in these last days? Will it be something that's to the praise and glory of God? Is it going to be worthy of Jesus' name and honor? Here again, it always goes back to the honor of living for the Lord's name, living for his glory, living for his honor to bring him glory, even when it's hard and it's a sacrifice. Beloved friend, I am in a season where that's happening with me, with many reasons, many hardships that have hit me. And it is hard and it is a sacrifice. So I know where many of you may be at. Paul's desire was that their testimony would be proven by their daily lives and that that would prove to him both their testimony and their lifestyle, that they are standing fast in one spirit, united in purpose and motive, having one resolve, one disposition, one determination, and being stationary, keeping one's standing, being constant, persevering even through tough storms. Keep your standing that they would stand fast in one spirit and with one mind, determined, determined jointly and unitedly. In other words, having a made-up mind that they would not be moved and striving together, seeking jointly, striving together at the same time, cooperating vigorously for the same goal. And that goal is the faith of the gospel in other words, staying put, staying on course, and not giving up. And his desire was that their lifestyle would prove and verify that they are not going to be terrified by our adversaries, not even in one thing, to be frightened, scared, or terrified by them. This is difficult, especially in these days. Many factors are out that are seeking to frighten us. And it is difficult to walk through these scary times. But by God's grace, he will help us all that we would not be terrified by our adversaries, whether they be human ones or otherwise. I want to turn now and read in 1 Peter. And I want to read 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, 
walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Here Peter defines our adversary as the devil, and he tells us how to not be frightened and scared, how to walk in a way where we are overcoming him by resisting him, standing opposite, setting ourselves against him, being steadfast in the faith, stiff, solid. In food, it's being solid as opposed to something that's liquid and light. It means to be firm, immovable, rigid, hard, or even stubborn. Steadfast in the faith, resisting the devil. It reminded me of 1 Corinthians 15:58. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul has given us a great treatise on the resurrection, beginning with the importance of the resurrection and how critical it is to the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ, proving that our faith is not in vain. Jesus did actually rise from the dead, and because of that, we know that we have hope of our resurrection. We're only passing through here, and we are heading home to glory. And the proof of that is found in Jesus Christ's resurrection. So Paul tells us, in light of all of that, that he has taught us in this verse, that we are to be steadfast. Here he says in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Paul tells us here that we are to be steadfast, sedentary, settled in our place, settled in the Lord, be immovable, not to be moved from our place. That word, it suggests that something or someone is going to try to move us, but we are not to be moved. We are to be immovable always abounding in the Lord's work, whatever he's called us to do day by day, knowing that our labor, I love this word, our labor, it's talking about those things that tire us out, our pains. It literally means pains, intense labor. It even speaks of somebody that's beating of their chest in anguish and pain. Times that are fraught with toil, trouble, difficulty, intense pain and anguish, that we would know that our labor, those times, are not in vain. We would rest assured they are not in vain when done in the Lord, in obedience, in sacrifice, and in honor, truly for Him. Those times are not in vain. They are not fruitless. They are not void of effect. They are not empty and they are not for no purpose. It will not be fruitless. You won't have 
nothing to show for it. It won't be without effect. Even when we do it in toil, anguish, and suffering, God will use it for his glory, and he will bring fruit from it. Even when we might not think so, it's not in vain. Living for Jesus is worth everything. Be encouraged. God's ultimate end. We saw in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, and I'm going to read it again. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Hallelujah. When we suffer through in faithfulness and steadfastness, God will bring us to that place where in some time to come, after we have suffered some, he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle us. May God grant it to us today. May he grant it to every one of us who are suffering in different ways and who need his help to make it through. I want to leave us with a few final scriptures as words of encouragement. First of all, I want to read Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Hallelujah. We've got to cling to the word of God in these days. We've got to cling to the hope and the promise that he has given us and believe and trust him. In Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3 and 4, he speaks of how we can encourage one another. He says this, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12, the author of Hebrews picks up on what Isaiah had said in Isaiah 35. And in Hebrews 12, 12, it says this, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. And then I want to lastly leave us with this word from the Lord himself. And may this become an encouraging word for every one of us as remnant believers striving through to the very end in Matthew chapter 11, I want to read verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus invites us to come to him and he will give us the rest that we need. This word is talking about the ability to be refreshed 
and recover from the struggles and the pain. It talks about a repose or a rest, that it can bring us to a place where he can give us calm, quiet, and peace. Last night, I heard a special encouragement from a Messianic minister. He said this, he said, you may be on your own, but you are never alone. I want to repeat that. You may be on your own, but you are never alone. Beloved friend, as a remnant believer, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you are struggling through and you are walking this path, and you are with me, seeking to honor the Lord and to make it through these final days, trust and be encouraged. God sees, he hears, he knows, and he cares. And he is with us till the very end. The final things that Jesus taught us and told us before he ascended back to heaven, he said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. May these truths encourage your heart today that you would be found faithful when he does return and that you will be strengthened in the Lord and in the power of his might is my prayer for you. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.